So let's do a review from the Lakutus Sichas in volume 11, the first Sicha for the Parshis Yisrael. And uh, in the Sicha, the Rebbe is going to explain the uh, uh, Yisrael's coming, the week's Parshis, the Yishma Yisrael, Yisrael's coming, how that was a necessary step before Matan Torah. And uh, first, the Rebbe quotes uh, uh, from from the Medrash. Uh, so this is in uh, actually in the Gemara in Sanhedrin, Tzadik Dal and Mechilta. Both in the Gemara and the Mechilta. So it says like this. So what it, when Yisrael came, the pasuk quotes like this. If you take a look in the in the Chumash in Perik Yud Ches pasuk Yud. So after the encounter when Yisrael came, so Vayoymer Yisrael. So Yisroi says, Baruch Hashem. Now we always say Baruch Hashem. Yisroi is the first one in the Chumash that says, Baruch Hashem, Asher Hitzel Eschem. Blessed is Hashem who saved you from Mitzrayim. What did the Abishter saved? He thanked Hashem for saving the Yidden from Paray and from the Mitzrayim. So our sages tell us about it that this is actually. Gnai Hula Moshe. This is something embarrassing for Moshe. And Vishishim Ribuya, the 600,000 Yidden. Shalom Baruch. They didn't say Baruch. Achabo Yisrael, Vaomer Baruch Hashem. What does mean? That only Yisrael said Baruch Hashem. And this is uh, embarrassing for the Yidden. They didn't say Baruch Hashem. What does that mean? Because Moshe and the Bnei Yisrael, we just learned in the Parsha B'Shalach, they said Shira, La Hashem, after the miracle of Kriyas Yapsuf. So they did say, thank you Hashem. They did praise Hashem. They did sing Hashem. So what does the Medrash say that Yisrael is the one that said Baruch Hashem? And it's embarrassing for the Yid. Well, maybe the Yidin sang the Shira for what? For the Kriyas Yapsuf. But not for Mitzrayim. Maybe what the what the Medrash, what the Razal mean to say, what the Gemara means to say, is that for Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim, the Yid didn't say Baruch Hashem. But that's not in the statement. It just says they didn't say, should have said they didn't say for Mitzrayim. It doesn't say they didn't say for Mitzrayim. It says they didn't say Baruch Hashem. There's something deeper, as the Rebbe will explain, in the Sikha, that the Baruch Hashem of Yisrael, what it did. Baruch Hashem, he brought down Hashem into the lowest of the levels, into the level of Yisrael, who came from the other side, he brought down Hashem over there. This was something which only Yisrael can do, because Yisrael comes from the other side, as the Rebbe will explain. Which the Rebbe understands, brings down the Zohar, who also says a very interesting statement. The Zoyer says that before Yisrael came and thanked HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Torah wasn't given to the Yidin. David did not give the Yidin the Torah. Only when Yisrael came and he says, Baruch Hashem, Asher Hitzil Eschem. And the Apostle continues, he says, Ato Yedaiti, now I know, Ki God Lashem Mikol Leholi Kim Goimer, that Hashem is greater than all gods. Then he accomplished 
the Zoyar says through Yisro doing that. The istalei kochebrichu biyikoro elo vitato, that the glory of Hashem went up in the above, the higher and the lower. And then later on, he gave the Torah. In his holiness, he gave the Torah. So first, we needed Yisrei, and only after Yisrei, they gave the Torah. Why? How come? It's very difficult to understand the Zayar over here. How could it possibly be that all the great holiness of the Jewish people of Moshe and Aaron and the 600,000 people before Yisrei, that wasn't sufficient for the Ebishter to give the Torah to the Yidin? The only thing with the Rezoiche is after Yisrael also admitted to Hashem, and he says, God Hashem Kim, is that's when Hashem gave the Torah. So both of these statements, first of all, from the Gemara and the Mechilta, that Baruch Hashem was only said by Yisrael, and it's embarrassing for the Yidin, and the Zoyer says that we had to wait for Yisrael to give the Torah. The question is why? How could it be? So the Rebbe says, we'll understand this by first asking another question. Why when the Torah t- talks about the title of Yisrael? First of all, when the Torah introduces us to Yisrael's coming to Moshe Rabbeinu, it says, Vayishma Yisrael, it says, Koyen Midyan. What is the meaning of Koyen Midyan? could mean the officer, or he was actually a priest of Midyan. To Prish Rashi says, why does the Torah emphasize, tells us that Yisroi, the Koyen Midyan, the father-in-law of Moshe, Torah could have just said, Yisroi, Moshe-in-law's father came. And, and why does it have to say Koyen Midyan? And in a way, talk about Koyen Midyan could be also derogatory. It could be something saying negative about Yisroi. Because there's two Pirushim. One means Kohen Asar, that he was an officer in the country of Midian, that means he was a uh, respected uh, prince of Miriam or the officer of Midian. Okay, so maybe you want to say, oh, even somebody is such an important person like uh, from Midian came to join the Eden. But the second interpretation says that Kohen Midian means he was a servant to Abed Zorah. He was a priest. He served Abed Zorah. As Rashi also says later on, that he knew all the Abed Zorahs that were in the world. So according to the second interpretation, that he was actually the servant for the Abed Zorah, this is very surprising. Why would the Torah coming to tell us something embarrassing about Yisroi, Moshe Rabbeinu's father-in-law? If you take a look, the whole parish is trying to tell you, if you look at the simple text, Torah is starting to tell you how Yisrael is praiseworthy, the praise of Yisrael, that he was such a great man. Why would the Torah stick in those words of Koyin Midian, that he was a priest of Midian? But the truth is, the explanation is, that describing Yisrael by the name of Koyin Midian is not taking away, we're not coming to take away his important but on the contrary we are trying to describe here his greatness and his honor that he had in the past in the land of Midian that emphasizes 
even more his greatness that he came to convert to the extent as uh, brought down by Rashi that Nodvoy Liboy that his heart was benevolent to go out to the Midbar, a place of desolate, to listen to the words of Torah. So saying Bakoyan Midbar, and the Rebbe is going to explain like this, even if we interpret Koyan Midyon, that he was an Avedizori, that he was a priest of Avedizori, but that still would show that Midyon was a great intellectual, and he had a great understanding that would still tell us. Because when you talk about worshipping idols, so the Rebbe quotes from the Rambam, what was the mistake of those who started to worship Avedizorah? So how did it come to Avedizorah? Mainly it came based on their understanding. They came to it by intellectually. So the Ram writes like this, they said, since Hashem created the stars, and he created the various spheres, these balls, the sun, the moon, the spheres, they run the world. Day, night, sun, cold, heat, all the, everything. So therefore, since they run, they must have created them. But who actually runs the world? These various different parts of nature that Hashem has instilled. So therefore, they are worthy, they're fit to praise them and to give them uh, beauty, to beautify them. Give them honor. This is what Abishta wants. Abishta wants. He created these great officers under him so that we should praise them. It was based on that mistake. What does this mean? It is true that these intermediary, Hashem's flow of godliness, the energy of godliness, comes in this physical world through the stars and the constellations, the mazolis. That is true. Our sages even say to that, they tell us, there is not a grass below that doesn't have a mazel, that's a spiritual counterpart above him, which beats him and tells him grows. It doesn't grow by itself, so there's something spiritual over there. So which means that the spirituality keeps the world going. So that's true. So we're not saying that the people who worship Avedizara are wrong, that no, the stars don't do anything, the sun doesn't do anything, the moon doesn't do anything, the spirit, no, no, that's not true, they do. What we are saying is that you can't honor them because of that. Yes, they created them, it comes through them, but you can't honor them. Why? Because everything they do is not because they choose or they have, they wish to do. The sun doesn't decide I'm going to shine and the moon doesn't decide I'm going to move. Everything has been, it's not there, they don't have a say. It's not their choice. They're just like if you take a piece of metal and you're trying to carve out Are you going to praise the metal and say, oh, what a good hammer this is. Or you know what, let's give praise to the hammer. It's nothing to do. The Abishter uses the stars and the, and the all the godly things to give the world its energy. But it's the Abishter does it. It's not they do it. They don't do anything. 
this is on the very literal level of this world, there is intermediaries, which means Hashem's energy comes through the Kechav and the Mazolas, the stars and the constellations, the way the energy comes to this world. Which means, in truth, they are no entity. They're totally subjugated, have no say at all. Anybody who attributes any power or any dominance is worshiping Avedizora to these stars. But yet, the energy comes through them. So likewise, there's also angels that are also intermediary in the world of Yitzira, the world of Bria. As the verse says, in every world, there is higher and higher. So which means, basically, there is a lot of intermediaries through which Hashem gives His energy. So just like we say in this world we can't worship the stars and the mazolas, also in this highest of the worlds, there is a warning to know that they are merely these angels and all these forces are merely like a metal in the hand of the one that carves out. They don't have the malachim, they don't have choices. They don't get no praise, we don't praise them because they don't have any choice. They are there created by Hashem. But the fact that they're spiritual, there's more chance for people to make a mistake. Physical, we know that the sun doesn't have, it goes, it it, it does its thing, because that's the way it's created. But angels is not so clear, but yet it's important. So what does it mean that Yisrael knew all the Avedizoras that were in the world? But basically what it means that he knew all the intermediaries that was in all the worlds until high, high. He had a very, he acknowledged, he was very smart. He knew all the various different intermediaries who are in between the highest that Hashem gives through them. When he was a priest of Midian, Yisroi, he made a mistake. He thought that they are intermediaries who have some power, have some dominance. That's Avedizara. But the fact that he had knowledge in all these various different Mimutsoyim, so we know that Yisroi was a tremendous intellectual. So now, understand why the Torah would describe him as Koyen Midian, because the Torah wants to tell us how praiseworthy Yisrael is. He was an officer. He was a respected person in the land of Miriam. And he was sitting there in the greatest honor of the world, Rashi says. That was in the physical sense, which means, according to the first meaning, Koyen Midian, that he was an officer. But in addition to that, the second interpretation was also He was also, he knew all Avedizoras, which means he was the greatest person in human intellect, according to second person, because they're both true. He was both an officer and also the, the brightest. And yet, he left it all behind. All of his greatness, all of his importance, and he comes to convert. So based on this explanation, that Yisrael was great 
in wisdom and knowledge. So now we can understand why the Zoyer says that it was specifically through his admission that the Torah was given. Because there's something special that comes when you switch from the other side. The Pasuk's the, the Zoyer brings down on the Pasuk. Shleim HaMelech says, I see, He says, I see there is an advantage for wisdom over foolishness. Now, we don't need Shleim HaMelech to tell us that there is an advantage for wisdom over foolishness. The Zoyer explains what, what Shleim HaMelech was saying here, that the advantage Yisrael L'Chochmah when is Chochmah of Kedusha considered to be advantageous and the greatest level is Min when it's turned around from foolishness which means when you take the wisdom of the other side which is really called foolishness because it's not real wisdom but you take the other side then you get the greatest level of Chochmah. Turns out, therefore, that in Yisrael, who was a great Chochmah, in the wisdom of the other side, and when he's coming to learn Torah, and he says, that he is greater from all the Kalas. Rashi says that he experienced all the Vedizor, and he says, no, Hashem is the one. This creates a sorting out of the Chochmah Lumazah, because now, you turn around Chochmah to Kedusha. You take a Yisrael who was the greatest in that Chochmah and, or great in the Chochmah, and we bring it into Kedusha. So now we have from this Sichlus Yisrael Noir in the Chochmah Kedusha. So that's why, specifically, when Yisrael admitted, because that brought down the additional light in Chochmah to Kedusha. That impacted the idea that the Torah, which is Chachmosi Isbarach, should be given below. For that, we need to bring it down from a higher place. To, in order to be able uh, to give it the Minah to get the highest level of Sechus. So what is this idea here? So why is this the preparation? We're saying preparation is needed Yisra. Yisra comes from the Sikhlus and therefore it gets a high level of Chochmah and that's what we were waiting for. But why? Why do we have to wait for that from Matan Torah? What is this connection to Matan Torah? So the Rebbe explains based upon that what does Matan Torah do? Before Matan Torah, Hashem had a decree and He said Hashamayim, Shamayim la Hashem. The heavens belong to the Abishter. And the earth is for the people. When Hashem wanted to give the Torah, so he nullified this earlier decree, this first decree, and he said, No, the ones below can go up to the above, and the ones above can go down below. The Abishter came down on Har Sinai. And Moshe went up to the mountain. That means Matan Torah became a union of the higher and the lower. That the lower can also go up and be included in the upper. 
So this is really that we're doing when we sort out, when we take the Chochmah of the other side of Yisrael, which is the lowest level, and you bring it up to the level of the Supreme Chochmah of Hashem, that was the preparation for Matan Torah to take the other side and turn it around. So, we're talking about the various different preparation from Matan Torah. So now we're saying that this was a preparation to switch around from the Chochmah of the Umazev, the other side of the Chochmah, bring it to the Chochmah of Torah. There is a greater advantage even over the preparation of Matan Torah that takes place to the splitting of the sea. Because in essence, we know, explain the Hasidus, that when, what does it mean to split the sea? Splitting of the sea means to connect the higher with the lower. What happens is, in the sea, everything is covered. The higher level is called Almodi Skasia. Everything is hidden. It's not open. It's too high, not visible. That's why everything in the ocean is covered by the water. Um, and the earth, which everything is visible, is called Almodiz Gali. That's the revealed world. And during Kriyas Yamsuf, Hashem split. So now there was a connection between the revealed world and the hidden world. In both ways. First of all, that the Medrash says, Moshe going up from the bottom to the top, and Hashem coming down from the top to the bottom. Which means, when you bring down Almudis Kasia into the re- Almudis Galia, from the hidden world into the revealed world, and you're elevating the revealed world to the hidden world. So that really means that Mat Kriyas Yams was also a preparation of Mat Torah because there was also that unity. But that wasn't sufficient. We still needed Yisrael to come and sort out have the Chochmah of the other side turn around to the Chochmah of Kedusha. What is the reason for this? That notwithstanding the fact that we had this connection of the upper and the lower by Kriyas Yamsuf and all the worlds from the highest to the lowest level, nevertheless what was included in the lower level in Kedusha itself? So the connection was in the lowest level from the lowest level to the highest level, but everything within Kedusha. But we never, when it came to Yisra, we connected even on the other side. It went even to the Chochmah That elevation, that Biru did not touch the Tachten, which is in the other side. Because when you have like all the Egyptians drowning in the sea, that's not called a sorting out, it's not a Biru, it's not a refinement, because they died, you got rid of them. Yisroi turned around and became converted to Yiddishkeit. Became a Jew. And that's the reason, since the other side has not yet been sorted out by Kriyas Yamsuf, they can still be Amalek. Because we didn't sort it out yet. It's not the other side. They can fight with the Bnei Yisrael. How could they come fight? Because we had the light of Kriyas Yamsuf uh, went all the ways to the highest level, lowest level, we said that they connected. How could this world tolerate, how could Amalek go fight with the Eden? 
Uh, so, <coughs> and we say that all the nations of the world, Shoma Amir Gozun, they heard about Kriyas Yamsu, but they also saw the miracles, we know that all the waters, not only the split, and this caused a, uh, a break in the clippers, in the battle. The Pasuk describes their house melted. So all the Goyim, all the other side, shivered and got affected by Matan Torah. Everybody was afraid to fight with Yid. So that means that what did the war impacted? But how could it be that Amalek goes out to fight after all this with the Yid? But the idea is that even though that they were broken, but they weren't sorted out, they weren't refined at the level by Chris Yamsun. At that particular moment, there was a break, and there was a, uh, a subjugation, the expansion and the powers of the Klippa in that it gives to the Umar Sa'ilam, so they were all afraid to subdue it a little bit. But the essence of the Klippa itself remained in opposition to godliness, because it has not been sorted out, it's not been refined, and not been subjugated, therefore Amalek can come and fight with the Eden. Basically, Kriyas Yamsu broke them. It forced their koiches not to be mispashed, but they weren't, they didn't, they didn't turn around. The clippers remained clippers, we didn't switch them around. So that's why the Torah wasn't given even the Yidden started the greatest Madriga of Moshe and Bnei Yisrael. We needed Yisrael to come and say, God God is greater than all the gods. Because it's specifically through Yisrael that you came that sorting and they refined it and the refinement of that sikhlos, the foolishness of the other side. And we have the advantage of Chochmah is when Yisrael comes and switches it around. And you connect the lowest level with the highest level. That brings about the preparation of Torah. So basically, Kriyas Yamsov also had a connection, but it connected, didn't turn them around. But it's in this case, they took Yisrael, who was the Chachm Lumazeh, and now he says, God Lashem, Mikol Elikim, switched it around to Hashem. So now we understand, Rashi brings down. Vayishma Yisrael. What does Vayishma Yisrael mean? Yisrael heard. What exactly did Yisrael hear? Rashi says, Mashmua Shoma Obo. What did he hear that he came? So Rashi says two things. Kriyas Yamsuf and the word of Amalek. What about all the other miracles of the exodus of Egypt? How come he only came now these were the last things. Hearing and the fact that David took out the Yidim of Mitzrayim wasn't big enough miracle for him. Another question is, why does Rashi say he heard Kriyas Yamsuf Melchemes? Why the war with Amalek? Should have emphasized not the war, but should have emphasized the, the victory of the Jews. That's what he came. Should have said, we were saved. Apollos Amalek, the fall of Amalek. Why are we saying Melchemes Amalek? Should emphasize the miracle, not emphasize that he came to fight. But based on the above, we can understand it.
that specifically these two matters that Yisrael heard, which is Kriyas Yamsuf. What is Kriyas Yamsuf? We said before, Kriyas Yamsuf means to connect the higher and the lower, the one on the top and the bottom. So which means that you can't connect from here in Kriyas Yamsuf, that you can connect the Almadis Galia with the Almadis Kasia, the highest and the lowest level. That's what he heard Yisrael. And also he heard Melchem Samolik, which means what? That it hasn't been done yet. That proves that that connection from the top and the bottom is not yet complete. Why? Because why would Amalek be able to fight? You have a position from the from from a Malik. So Yisrael comes and now he admits to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, which means he's correcting and he's completing that connection by sorting out and refining the other side. Yisrael comes and he thanks Hakadosh Baruch Hu, which means. To go ahead and fix and complete that connection through sorting out the Lumazer, which hasn't been completed till then. So now we understand what he heard. He heard that it was Kriyas Yamsu, but there's still war that it brings Yisrael. It's not the, the victory of the Yidden. The fact is that there is still a Molech over there. The Rebbe says he will also explain another thing. Normally we say Mailim Bakoidish. You go up in a higher level. So still, how did things work out in between going out of Egypt and Matan Torah? So they went out of Egypt. They came to the 49 gates of Tuma. And now they're fit to Matan Torah. But in the middle of all these things, there was the story with Amole which crossed a descent of the Bnei Yisrael. Every six wages war against Amalek. How does that fit in with this whole order? But based on the above, this will be explained because the war of Amalek is the reason why we had to sort out and bring Yisrael in to finish up the Birur, which is a greater advantage even than Kriyas Yamsuf. So it turns out that also the war of Amalek in the end is part of the elevation of the greatest elevation and the greatest close to the preparation of Matan Torah. Because it was Amalek, since there's still Amalek around, that brings about the level of Yisrael who switches around from the other side. So now we understand, we started off with the question, why was it embarrassing that Moshe and the 600,000 didn't say Baruch until Yisrael came and said Baruch Hashem? What does Baruch mean? To bring down. Baruch means like a Mavrich is a given, to bring down, to draw down. Baruch Hashem means what? To bring down Hashem. That means that the revelation of the godly light which took place through Moshe and through the 600,000 years, yeah, they brought down Hashem. But up to where could they bring it down? They couldn't bring it down into the Lomaze. That can only bring down by Yisrael. 
So notwithstanding, they were so great the level they brought down, but it wasn't like Baruch Hashem, we call Halikim from all gods, because the Shishim Riva didn't experience all gods. It was only Yisrael experienced all gods. So he can bring down Hashem even to that level. He can draw, bring down the Shekhinah below, lower, lower. Because the other side, the existence of that, has not been sorted out from the Yidin. It's like the difference of a Tzaddik and a Baal Teshuva. A Tzaddik never experienced the other side, but a Baal Teshuva can take the other side. So Yisrael comes and says, Baruch Hashem, that he caused a revelation, a higher revelation of the light of Hashem in total, and he brought it down into the lowest level. That through his admittance that was sorted out, and then the Torah was given. There was a connection for the ones from above and below. That was accomplished through Israel. Basically, through taking someone who's totally on the other side, who has all the other experiences, and bringing them around, that's the ultimate uh, turning things around, because you're taking from the other side and bringing it into Kedushan. So what does it teach us in our service to Hashem, each one of us? We all have to have our experience of the Torah given, which is every day. As we say, every day the Ebishti gives us the Torah. It doesn't say, when we make the bracha of the Torah, we think, Nosan HaTorah gave us. Nosan HaTorah means he's continuously giving us the Torah, which means... We have to prepare ourselves to receiving the Torah. Prepare by, in all of our ways, we know Hashem. But you need to be connected to Hashem, not only when you're doing Kedusha uh, matters, every time, even ordinary matters. Not even things that are close matters, ordinary which are close to Kedusha. Even things that are far away from Kedusha. Just like the word Amalek, so uh, that too, through the war, that prepared for Matarah. So Amalek was also a preparation for that brought Yisrael. So even the faraway things would prepare you. But beforehand, you have to have the service of Kriyas Yamsuf. You have to work in Kedusha matters. And that gives you the power and the possibility to wage war with Amalek, to sort out in optional matters. You have to have that my prayer needs to be next to my bed. And afterwards, you have to go from shul to learning. Only afterwards, you go into business. Which means the order of the person every day is the first thing is as soon as you wake up, you have to have a general thanking of the general soul. Then starts the order of service of davening and learning Torah, Kedusha matters. And only afterwards you take your breakfast, Pashachras. The only thing is, if you are accustomed to it, you eat it before you go to base Hamedrash so that you should be strong and healthy to serve Hashem which includes learning in the base Medrash that has no limit, so you might do a long time, so you can have breakfast before you go to base Medrash to learn. But 
as opposed to tefillah tzibur, beisachanesis and shul, that's a limited, so the meal doesn't come, pasachar doesn't come before that. So, and then, which is, those are already optional matters. So, which means, first you have to have the light of the neshama, through davening and Torah. And only afterwards can you bring it down also into physical matter. This is the order in most, in the most of the most cases, which the Torah talks about. That during the day, time, and every free minute, you learn Torah. The contrary, that's his main, the learning Torah. Because Torah is to learn a lot. Not only something which is said every day, it's this quality, this quantity. But in addition to that, there are various different levels in the Sochor and in the Zvulun, those who learn Torah and those who support them. And there is Matan Torah in every day, which the Zvulun is, he learns one chapter in the morning, in the base Madrash. Uh, that would be the order of Kedusha that you say, over there, you say the Kodesh, that's a learning, one chapter, which is the end of the Davnik. Or the Krishna, that's in Davnik, the Parsa Tomid. These are various parts of Tamid, which is your Talmud Torah from the person who's busy. Or also the, even the Paras Pechus which is after Brochus, or which is Tfuzachar. These are old. So serving in any of these ways is a preparation for the revelation of Matan Torah. Hashem, that Hashem becomes your God, becomes your force and your energy, your vitality. This is in Silchas Parshas Parshas Yisrael, Tavshin Chafhei.